Welcome to the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia. Today is Thursday, January 21st. A lot of things happening going on with MLS. You have the MLS Super Draft that happened today. Um, today we're just going to be uh, talking LAFC, all things LAFC. Um, here joining me to talk all things LAFC, we got LAFC Live, aka Garrett Rodriguez. That is his name. He's joining me live to talk all things LAFC. Garrett, how you doing? I'm pretty good, Gio. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm very excited. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm excited to have you on. You know, I've been, been talking with you, um, you know, through Twitter and stuff. I see the things you post, um, you know, so let, let's let's get start first. Like, how how did you become an LAFC fan? I know the, the, the new team in town. How did this come about? How did you and then how did you uh, were able to create the account? We are LAFC Live. So it all started with, uh, well, I'm a big football fan as it is, a uh, big Arsenal fan. A lot of my followers uh, know that I'm an Arsenal fan, a suffering Arsenal fan, by the way. Um, and I, I've always wanted a local team to support. Uh, obviously, Galaxy is around, but I I just never grew to like Galaxy at all. So when LAFC was coming in, um, I got really excited by the fact that a new LA football club was coming uh, to MLS and it was something to grow upon. Um, so with that being said, I was like, all right, I'm all in. So I started following LAFC back when it was the just black and red, um, when it said Los Angeles FC. Uh, and then from there and in September of 2016, uh, I created the LAFC, we are LAFC live Twitter account um, due to a school project I had at Cypress College. And my group and I were trying to figure out what to market in our marketing class. And we we're like, let's just do LAFC. So from there, created it, um, and we actually got invited to the LAFC HQ by Pat. So we got to actually go to uh, over there and you know see some see some of the cool things LAFC and see what was coming up. And from there, I just been hooked ever since. And uh, yeah, that's my background pretty much. So a school project just started. It just started your Twitter account, and from that, yeah. now you're you're one of the you know one of the Twitter sources from the fan <laughs> side for LAFC, and you know. And like I said, man, you post some uh, pretty cool stuff. You, uh, you know, some very informative stuff. You know, you have the polls and everything. And I think it's very educational. So what is it? You said Cypress College. Shout out to Cypress College, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Cypress College. Are you, are you still going to school or what, what, what do you no, want to study? Uh, so I went to Cypress College and I was supposed to be an x-ray technician. Uh, that didn't work out. It wasn't really my passion. Um, just didn't enjoy it. And I really like geography. So um, from there, I started studying geography, doing a, a thing called GIS, Geographic Information Systems. And then from there, I transferred to Cal State Fullerton, and then I graduated from a bachelor's degree in geography. So yeah, so no more schooling Cal for Cal State Fullerton, man. I, I've been there one time. Uh, what's that? What's that strip of bars? What do they call it? Like DTF or oh, whatever? Oh, DT, DTF. Yeah. Is that what they call that? <laughs> yeah. Downtown. I went there when I met years ago when I was in college. I went with one of my cousins. They they showed me around. They're like, yeah, this is DTF. And I was like, wow. It was, it was, it was definitely a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, I don't know, just brought me, brought me a lot of ba- good memories, you know, uh, you know, downtown. It depends. Fullerton. It depends. Good and bad memories. Uh, depends how your time goes there. <laughs> it went good, man. Not, nothing good. bad. Made it, made a home safe, man. That's, that's all good. that matters. That's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> so with, um, you know, with LASC, man, um, they, they, they had a tricky last season, right? Every, every team right. had a, had a tricky season. Um, but down the stretch, obviously uh, the MLS playoffs didn't go the way they wanted. 
but in the CONCACAF, man, they were they were, they, were, they were hot. They're one of the hot teams, yeah. and they made it all the way to the final. And obviously, we know, unfortunately, they you know yeah. they lost to Tigres, and you know it would have been it would have been great. I think it would have been epic if LAFC they would have been the first MLS team in this new format mm-hmm. that would have won the tournament, right? So, what what do you think of uh, just to go back? What do you think of LAFC's a run in CONCACAF? I thought it was amazing for the club and, and for MLS. I thought they did a great job. I mean, they took on not just any other uh, Liga MX teams, but these were powerhouse teams, you know, going against MLS uh, clubs. And um, I thought LAFC handled themselves very well uh, when, you know, certain players need to step up to the plate, like uh, Diego Rossi, uh, Carlos Vela, Tristan Blackman, who had, I thought, one of the best runs in CONCACAF um, playing in defense, and also Palacios as well. Uh, all great during the whole CONCACAF run. And uh, also um, Eddie Segura, who never gets any recognition whatsoever, it seems like to me, since he's just part of the center backs. But yeah, they all stepped up to the play. Unfortunately, uh, man marking again, uh, bit us in the final, as it has always bit us this whole season. I don't understand it on the corner kicks. Um, it seems like we can't figure out what man marking is when we go zonal marking. So you live and learn from it. And you don't leave open a geniac to slide in uh, a winner. So lesson learned, and uh, we move on from there. Yeah, I think I think that's the I think that's the biggest thing for LAFC that you know throughout the last couple of years is you know the zone marking on corner kicks. That to me doesn't make sense. I, I don't get it. Um, and I, I don't know if Bob Riley and the coaching staff want to be stubborn about that because that happened since Orlando. The first time around, you know, they they lost to Orlando City, uh, or they 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 tied Orlando City tied the game, um, when in the knockout stage, and it was off a corner kick. And I think, to me, just outside looking in, I don't I don't they haven't they haven't been um, effective in the zone marking, and you know, no. it's better to man mark so you know what your man. But like, it, it it just seems like teams have really studied LAFC and where to find the holes. And I think it's very easy to find the holes. If you just know how to run a good play, which we know a lot yeah. of teams run playoff corner kicks. Right. And, and, and it's, it's not just, it happened once or twice. It's happening almost every game where the other uh, team will have a free header or a free play on a corner kick. And I, I just don't understand if that's really the philosophy that Bob wants to go with or whoever's telling them to do it. It just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Uh, so I'm hoping in the next season coming up that I don't see zonal marking or else someone's got some explaining to do, which they should explain already. But, you know. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that because uh, for this team to be so talented, that that to me mm-hmm. has been one of the biggest criticisms uh, for LAFC. But even with all that, they still made it to the final, right? They still right. made it to the final. Yep. They just, they gassed out in the last 20 minutes. But nevertheless, a team, yep. a team three years in um, to have this type of run, to almost be one of the first teams, uh, you know, to be the first team in, in this new format to win, um, you know, CONCACAF, it, it's, it's amazing, you know, just how yeah. this team has been built and, you know, how they, they, they've been running and, you know, just producing with Diego Rossi, being able to score their goals and he'd he, he be able to, uh, to pick up the load of while Carlos, Carlos Vela was injured uh, last season. But now best moving player, on to... Best player of last season, Diego Rossi for LAFC. Uh, I, I know Vela comes back and he always gets the praise, but Diego Rossi was our best player of last season, in my opinion. No, he definitely he definitely was. I mean, you saw him win the Golden Boot, you know, first time around Orlando, and then he won also the Golden Boot for the season, and he missed a couple games too because of international duty. So I think yep. he he's a player to me who really grew and mature 
yes. uh, last season. And, you know, you really saw, you know, what he, his ultimate potential, which we all, you know, assumed. But I think he really took the leader role once Carlos Vela went down. Yeah. But let, let's talk a little bit about today. Um, you know, I'm just going to be straight up honest. Uh, for me, mm-hmm. the MLS draft is, is different. It's not like the NBA draft or the NFL draft. 100%. Um, with which with one player like this can really change an organization or a franchise you know how we're used to in american sports right. in soccer it's, it's a little different right and and because you have players you know coming in they're going pro when they're 16 years old you have academies and different things like that so the, the mls super draft is uh it's very tricky but the, but at the same time lafc have had success you know last season mm-hmm. that tristan blackman you know who we just talked about he he was a starter and he came from yes. uh he came in from the uh, super draft and then i think the first time around john montino who yep. is now playing with orlando city so they they've drafted pretty pretty good they've drafted pretty good um yeah. so you you know i just want to go through through uh the players that they drafted uh, they drafted in the 14th pick they drafted forward daniel trejo uh, from cal state North- northridge mm-hmm. in the second round with the 41st pick they selected a uh, defender cse uchi from yeah. ohio state and in the 68th pick uh they uh, selected alvarado Caseta from uc irvine so two out of the three are from uh from california right um, obviously we don't know that much information but what what do you think of the draft and you know having two local guys uh, i think having local prospects is great uh from the draft uh like you said before uh, these players most likely won't make or break this whole club uh, it's not like the NBA or NFL where one player can change the whole, um, you know, the way your team's going to go. Like if you drafted a quarterback, we're not drafting a quarterback, obviously. Uh, but if you notice two out of the three were strikers, uh, something that we desperately need up top. We got the wings already. Uh, I, I would have liked us to see at least draft a, a midfielder because I feel like the midfield could use a little more oomph right now. Um, but I, I like the fact that we did go locally with uh, two of the strikers being from California. I hope that one of them pans out and we can rely on one off the bench or they could be the next, uh, I don't know, um, you know, star who knows an MLS and we can go from there. But yeah, I, I, I'm excited to see what these kids can do for us. Yeah, no, no. After, after the, the super draft, uh, there was a press call with uh, John Thornton and uh, mm-hmm. Daniel, uh, Daniel Trejo, um, I got to ask him, I got to ask Danny Trejo, uh, has he met the actor Danny Trejo? And he's like, <laughs> no. So I'm just, I just feel like there's a lot of marketing that could be yep. there. And Danny Trejo, the actor is a LAFC fan. He's been to a game. Um, but I also got to talk to, mm-hmm. uh, I also got to talk to John Thornton and ask him, you know, because th- this is such a high power offense, right? You got, as of now, you got Bella, you mm-hmm. have Diego Rossi, you have yes. Brian Rodriguez, you have Danny Moseski, and you have Corey Baird, right? So I think that's six, if, I, if my count, my my I, my I math so. is, is wrong. So I asked John Thornton, what like what's the likelihood that you know Danny Trejo coming from the Super Draft, being a forward, mm-hmm. you know, actually potentially makes an impact? And he said um, he's gonna he's gonna get a shot. He's gonna get a shot. He's gonna get he a should. shot to some minutes. And I think that's that's what you want to hear if you if you get drafted, right? And that's what you, that's if you're Danny Trejo, that's all you need. Just give me a shot because yeah. you're he's going up. He's going. There's still tough competition if you're playing. If you're going to try to get one of those spots, or you're trying to get minutes off the bench, um, because you're either going to be fighting against uh, Danny Masovsky, Corey Baird, and you know we don't know. There's still a lot of things that can happen with with some of the players moving forward. So I think 
that's exciting and and that's what you want to hear like i said if 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 you're Danny Trejo and then obviously as an organization it's it's i think it's a good sign that you're you're getting local talent like you said right. you also give them an opportunity to fight for a spot exactly and um i think when you do get local talent it also provides maybe a bit of uh, motivation for other local talent that's looking up saying okay i can play for the local team so maybe that can be a direction going forward uh, I will say though that there's no reason that Trejos shouldn't get a you know chance based on Musso, um, you know I call him Musso for short and Danny Baird. Yeah, yeah, I call him Musso for short. Yeah, I'm not gonna say his last name. And then Baird, I, I think those are just stop gaps. To be honest, Th- those aren't solutions. Um, you're not gonna compete with those two starting up top, in my opinion. Um, and Rodriguez, that's that's a whole other. Um, that's a whole other discussion as well. Uh, he's not the answer for me uh, at all. So I'm really hoping uh, some of these kids pan out. Yeah, and I, I think I think that's I think that's what you're hoping, right? Because obviously, like we mentioned, we don't we didn't know who Tristan Blacken was, and we also I forgot to mention a uh, uh, 16 year old Christian Torres is also a forward. So I'm missing, you know, there, yeah. there's a lot there's a lot of competition there. So you know, John Thornton also said he's like, he we didn't expect to have a 16 year old you know start for us last season. You right. know, so he's like you never know. And I think the more depth you have, uh, it's going to be good, right? There's also well, the I think the Olympics are now canceled. I, I, I saw Japan, but I was going to say in the 2021 season there's going to be the Olympics, international call-ups, which I'm not sure if any of the oh two 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 of the fours uh, as of right now would would get international call-ups because they've gotten international international call-ups. So I think just adding the depth to that, and if you mm. haven't, uh, let's say they have the open U.S. Open Cup this year then I could potentially see a Danny Trejo get some minutes in because there's going to be yeah. potentially so many games. And right now we don't know how the season pans out. So I think it's definitely adding a lot of depth up top, which you already have, but right. it's also, I think, I think maybe he's a player for the next, maybe one or two, or I don't know. I think we're just going to have to see what, what happens um, when, when Danny Trejo. Um, another thing I want to talk about, LAFC just acquired um they acquired uh, the homegrown rights to goalkeeper Tomas Romero. This makes the third goalkeeper behind right. Kenneth Bermi and Paulo Ciasnegas. Uh, I want to get into the goalkeeper competition or discussion oh, because to me, I thought I thought that Paulo Ciasnegas was going to be the number one goalkeeper <clears throat> after the mass so playoffs. I. And I, I, I don't know if you felt the same way, but Kenneth Vermeer starting after, you know, Paulo Ciasnegas had been the number one for the MLS playoffs and, you know, I think kind of might have taken Pablo Cisnega's confidence and made me and some of the you know journalists I was talking to is like, well, there's no one who really whose team is this? If you're a goalkeeper, you know what I'm saying? Who, the, who is it? Like, the, I don't have an answer because they're both crap, uh, in my opinion. They both. If you had to ask me who would you start, I can't give you one or the other because none of them gives me confidence that oh yeah they're solid. Uh, Cisnega provided some sparks in the Orlando bubble, but Vermeer sometimes looks good, but a lot of times shaky. He's always playing sweeper keeper, and I, I just don't trust him. If I had to pick one, though, it'd be Cisnega, but we needed to address the goalie position. And I'm not talking about drafting a kid from the super draft. I'm actually getting like a vet uh, that actually knows how to play goalie and control the uh, the box because – these guys don't give me any confidence whatsoever. And until we address it, we're going to keep struggling in the net. So, you know, I'm kind of with you on there because I feel like if you, you're not really um, LAFC, 
they're not really showing any confidence to either, either the keeper, keepers. And I feel like that's, I understand they may be tied to Kenneth Vermeer for another year. I don't know. We don't know the contract things right now because they just won't release the information. Um, but I, I really felt like that needs to be addressed, right? And it, yeah, and I think it's not, I think this is how they're going to address it. I think they're still going to let Pablo and Kenneth Vermeer because they're, they're signing a homegrown rights, you know, Tomas Romero. He's not coming in. And I, I don't, in any way, I don't see him starting over Kenneth Vermeer or Pablo Cisnegas at all. I don't see mm-hmm. that happening. Um, so I think to me, it's like, it's kind of like the football, right? NFL football. Yeah. If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one quarterback. And that's the way I kind of see right. the situation uh, with the LAFC because they keep going back and forth. And I don't really recall my my time, my young life, seeing, you know, teams go back and forth from goalkeepers. Um, you know, I, I, there's been some injuries. There's been, there may be other things that we don't know that happen behind the scenes and stuff, but I feel like they're, you know, both, both keepers have been inconsistent, but I think not giving, not giving Cisnegas to start when it came CONCACAF time, it just, right. it just shows that you don't really have confidence in him. No. And then with that being said, uh, how do you think that their confidence levels go seeing that once benched one week and the other one starting the next week, it's like a back and forth. I don't, I, I know in, um, you know, European football, you have a champions league goalie and then you have a premier league goalie or, you know, FA cup goalie, but, um, we have no goalie in our, in my opinion. Uh, so the, the goalkeeping position is one of the positions I, we needed addressed for LAFC. And it obviously hasn't, as we, you know, both shared that we don't, if you have two goalies, you don't really have one. So it still needs to be addressed in my opinion. I'm hoping there's some time left to get that done. Uh, but if I had to give you a name to go and get, um, I, I couldn't really name a goalie to go uh, go and get right now maybe the guy from uh galatasaray the uruguayan goalie uh i forgot his name but um uh yeah i forgot his name but yeah he's a little bit up there in age but he's a veteran he's played in europe he's played in world cups um so could be yeah i think i think if they were to get another goalkeeper that would be four goalkeepers on the roster and two you gotta bend one yeah you would you would you would have to bend one so i think I think out of these two, I, I'm I'm just interesting to see whenever the season starts, are they going to go back, back and forth? And I understand the thing, like you said, like 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 in Europe, right? They they have um, like a Champions League keeper, and then you have all these. But the this is not really set up like this. This is MLS and the tournaments they play is kind of set up for yeah. like your number one to kind of play all the games and. Right. You know, and it, and it just to me that I'm taking as they don't really have confidence in the goalkeeper because they've been in, inconsistent you know, as it should be. But I feel like they they at the start of the season I think they really thought that Kenneth Vermeer was going to be their number one. But then I think you saw some of the um, inconsistencies yeah. that he had at times, and then uh, other times I, you look great. Yeah. But it's like you know it's kind of you live or die by the sword, and there's no real consistent to make you feel comfortable. I think uh, Vermeer was going to be the guy. Um, the, one of the games uh, I went to before you know the pandemic hit was when the LAC was playing Philly. My me and my friend were there, and Vermeer got caught out by like a fifty-yard bomb on a free kick. And I, I think from there I was like, okay, no, he's <laughs> he should be getting caught out on a fifty-yard free kick uh, against Philadelphia. So from there, I was like, he wasn't the answer for me. And his ball playing skills are shaky too. You can't even pass it back to him without, you know, looking away because you don't know if he's going to slip or not. And 
He's just not the answer. I, I hate to keep going on a rant, but he's not the answer. Cisnega is not the answer either. He did have one penalty save, I believe, in the bubble, which was great. But for how big he is, too, he doesn't command his box, uh, which is kind of alarming to me. So, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think they, I think that's one area where I think LAFC has missed. Um, and I don't think as of right now, it doesn't look like they're they're gonna address that situation. They're gonna, yeah. they're gonna, they're gonna go with either. You know, it's a coin toss. You know, it's a, I feel like right now it's a, it's a coin mm-hmm. toss of who you want. You know, to start um, with so much time, but uh, on top of that, also you know i just don't want to put on the goalkeepers because they they right. were there were some inconsistencies but at the same time that the, the defense last season yeah. you know what was uh was was a lot of struggles but with that we've seen some additions you know we saw that you know marco farfan he got signed and also yes. kim kim moon Wan, who yes. came from from south korea um that is making the splash i i think i see lac looking this as a win-win situation if he comes and plays really well um, because one, obviously, we know LFC. We we've seen them on social media posting about, you know, the 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 the, the South Korean fan base that they have, right. and now also mm-hmm. having a South Korean player. Now you just need the player to perform and do a great job, um, mm-hmm. you know, on the right back. And um, obviously, we don't we don't really I don't really know his style of play. I've seen some highlights and stuff. But what what did you think of those two signings in the back line? Well, I'll start with Farfan. Um, it looked like he, he didn't really play. I mean, he was came off the bench a lot of the times for Portland, um, but he he's versatile. He can play right back and left back. So, I with that being said, that's another good option to have off the bench if that's the case. Uh, Kim Moon Won. Uh, I, I like that addition. I just hope it's not just a PR tactic uh, to attract more of the South Korean fan base. Um, if that is the case, then we've been all uh, hoodwinked on that part. But I've looked at his highlights and, uh, you know, you can't base it off of YouTube highlights or a FIFA rating or anything like that. But I looked at extended like, you know, uh, like footage of him playing and he likes to get up and down the field as well, which is important uh, because right now Palacios and Tristan Blackman do that. Uh, Tristan Blackman do it. But the thing is, can he uh, actually, you know, start for this team which i think he could but what does that say for tristan uh, blackman uh going going forward is he gonna just be the on man out which is kind of unfortunate since he just got called up to the usa camp um so that that kind of leads me saying will kim Woon Wan play a right wing position potentially or maybe can he slide into the midfield or will he just be off the bench it's kind of the good thing is with some of these players that play defense and midfield, they're they're versatile. Like Blessing can play everywhere on the pitch. If you put him in goal, he'd probably be better than Vermeer and uh, Cisnega. <laughs> uh, so I mean, um, that's that's some of the versatility that we have of our players. We got Blackman, who's versatile. You got Palacios, who could be uh, versatile, and then Kimun Wan, by the looks of it, could be versatile. But he does excite me, though. I'm excited to see what he's going to do for LAFC this season coming up. Yeah, and I had um, Steve Hahn from Goal, who covers the, the yes. Korean national team on here, and he talked about it. And one thing that kind of stood out for me, he said, in the Korean perspective, as Koreans fans, if he doesn't start, it would look as a failure for Kim coming, moving to the MLS. Okay. Not just that, but on top of that, LAFC, I think he's a he's a TAM player, and you know, I cross-checked this with, with Steve. He's making at least $600,000. So if a player is making at least $600,000, I don't know. I don't think you want him to come off the bench because I don't think Tristan Blackman's making that much, you know, and, 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 you know, I I think he's coming to start, whether if it's on that right back, 
I think the midfield might be um, they have they have there's a, there's some depth there. He's gonna have some competition there, but you know never know an injury can happen or whatever. But I think uh, to your point, if he starts a right back or if he doesn't, you know what I'm saying you kind of just spent all this money on him and all this promotion. Um, so to me, it seems that Kim Moon is gonna start at the right back. And to your point, um, we'll have to see what that means for Tristan Blackman. Mm-hmm. Does is he the first sub in? You know, is he the first sub in to sub in for 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 as a center back or a right back? Um, you know, oh, that that's he, the interesting he, question. Yeah, he can't play center back, Tristan Blackman. I don't I don't like when he plays center back, in my opinion. Uh right back is his primary position. I feel like that's when he, when we played in the CONCACAF uh Champions League the whole time when he played right back, he was solid. Uh, when you start messing around with the center back partnerships, that's when things start to go downhill. Um, so I would prefer him to stay at right back, Tristan Blackman. But I mean, obviously, best man gets the position. So that's Kim. Uh, then he earns that right. Uh, but like I said, if Kim is able to go up, uh, you know, attack on the wings, maybe we'll see a different formation this season with LAFC as well. Maybe it won't be a 4-3-3 anymore. Maybe we'll actually do something different. But it seems like Bob's set in his ways and he doesn't want to change it. So you know, at that point, it might be Blackman in the beginning, and then Kim might get thrown in um, after Black Blackman, uh, you know, performs not up to his ability. It all depends. Yeah, that's that's. that I think that's the interesting part on that. Let's let's talk about uh, Corey Baird. Um, you know, comes in from Real Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. You know, they made it. They they made it. I mean, they made a splash. They made it. They didn't really want to make it known. Elias Rich, you know, was kind of had had people guessing what the puzzle and who this player uh, was going to be. Uh, what, what do you what do you think about that signing? Uh, just another stopgap. Uh, what do you, what do you go, mean when you say stopgap? So people understand what you mean by that. J- just another forward to fill the void for now. Bradley White, Bradley Wright Phillips was a stopgap. Um, this guy is going to be a stopgap. Corey Baird, Musso is a stopgap. We don't have a, a forward we can rely on to produce goals uh, right now. I was hoping the DP position would be filled in with a striker uh, from Europe or. South America, but it hasn't pan- panned out. I was hoping, like, maybe this is a pipe chain, but like Luis Suarez would be ideal, would be great. That would be, uh, that <laughs> I would mean, be, I think that, any that, team that would, would love that. That, that, that would, that, that would be the, like the, uh, I the think best. that's like the ultimate, ultimate, the ultimate, yes, or like a Diego Costa, uh, something like that, but not, not Corey Baird. I'm sorry. He's just another stopgap. So you're not, you're not excited. No, I I feel like BWP just to go back on a point, I think BWP was a little bit more, he was an actual threat. I don't really, I didn't see him as a stop guy. He actually, you know, scored goals, which is, it was just kind of hard to do in any, any league. Right. But I think he was. How old was he though? Yeah. He's he's 35 or 35, 36. So it's like, yeah, 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 he's not, he's not gonna, uh, you know, right. He doesn't have a long career unless. Yeah. I'll take, there's a difference though. I would take a 35 year old Luis Suarez and a 35 year old Bradley Wright Phillips. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean that, yeah, yeah, it's not, that's not apples, apples. (laughs) (laughs) That's completely different things, but, but, but I hear what you're saying, but uh, yeah, to me, it's, it's interesting because uh, this tells me the way I kind of see it. This tells me that, uh, you know, this may lead perfect to our next topic that either Brian Rodriguez or Diego Rossi may not be, be there the whole season or the start of the season whenever it starts for uh 2021 let's start let's start off with uh with Diego Rossi what 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 do you think about him you know do you think he'll stay with the team or do you think you know it's it's his time to go if he wants to go move on to the next level in my opinion if I was him I would ask to move because I mean he his stock has gone up obviously I mean whatever his price was before 
it's gone up three times or five times the amount. I mean, the dude has been on fire since he came to LAFC. Uh, in the beginning, I know it was adjustment period, but the dude has been on fire the past couple of seasons. Uh, he proved his stock in the bubble. CONCACAF Champions League, he's been on fire as well. Um, I, I think if I were him, I would ask to leave. Obviously, I don't want him to go. He's one of my favorites. Um, you know, I love everything he's done for the club. But if he wants to further his uh, footballing career, I would ask for a transfer. And I think he would do really well in uh, Italy. I think that's the way to be best suited. The game's not too fast. And uh, I think he would adapt pretty well in the Italian league. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's definitely a lot of interest, uh, you know, going around, um, you know, for Diego Rossi. I think, you know, where wherever he ends up, right, if he if he plays another season with the LAFC or not, or, you know, this may be mm-hmm. his final season or we already saw his final season. I mean, he's, yeah. he's been fun to watch. You know, I, I really enjoyed, Amazing. you know, just how we've seen him grow since like the first like the first first season with LAFC to now. Like, you know, he's a player yeah. that you've seen the progression. And I think if you're LAFC, the organization, that's that's what you that's what you're like. And that's what you're proud of. Now, if he has goals and, you know, aspirations to go on to the next level, which I'm assuming he does. Yes. Um, you know, if you're LAFC, right, knowing the market now, I think that may be some of the struggles that they may not get what they may want mm-hmm. out of him, you know, financially, um, you know, off a of transfer or whatever, uh, or they may will, I may, you know, an Italian club or any, you know, any club around the world will, will dish out whatever. I think the transfer, they had them close to $20 million. I think transfer market, that's just transfer market. Right. So right. you're only worth what someone's willing to pay. So uh, I think it's interesting. I, I, th- I do think, uh, you know, I think you got to go when you're hot and Diego Rossi right now, taught, you, you know, tore up the league last, last this past season. So, you know, if he does start with LFC, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, come summertime, if he was still around that, you know, a team um, from, from Europe picked him up. Yeah, I, th- I think he's on the, unfortunately, on the way out, not because he's not good. It's because he is good. And, uh, you know, LFC will make a profit, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I just think he's suited for that uh, slow kind of pace for Italian league. And I think he would fit well in a mid-table club. And then see how his career goes from there but he's done all he can i mean so far for lafc in his short time here he's been great so all the best to him if he does leave yeah all right, now let's talk about brian rodriguez um he's been <laughs> uh, he's to my eyes i think uh you know somewhat you know somewhat some fans really do do love love him and they say give him time other time other people you include myself i feel like you know it's 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 uh the where he's where he's came from and i've said numerous times before where he's came from where he's come from uruguay him playing for the national team he's way underperformed you know way underperformed for the type of player for the, for the type of player they paid for one they paid for and the performance they got on him and i know a lot of people say you know the assists and everything, but before before I go, into, I'll get into that. What what are your thoughts on Brian Rodriguez? Not good enough. Uh, the money we paid definitely not good enough. The only thing that he's memorable for that I can think of is blasting a shot. Uh, <laughs> so the, the the only thing I can remember him doing that's noteworthy is when he was in the bubble. Uh, he skied a shot. And it's probably still trying to land in Avatar Land, uh, the Orlando Disney Resort. Uh, he hasn't done anything really uh, for me to warrant him begging him to stay. If so, at some team, which we saw rumors of Calgary, I think, or mm-hmm. I, I'm probably not saying it right. And in town league want to buy or loan him first. If they offer full amount, just buy outright. I, I would take it in a heartbeat. He's not good enough. Uh, and I know people will say the assist stat 
Uh, can you name me the assist that, or can you remember the assist that he's done? Uh, I mean, I can't. I mean, and sometimes an assist is just throwing in a ball, like a, a blinded ball into the box to see hopefully someone gets on the end of it. So unless the assists are on a platter, which I don't remember many of him supplying to our strikers or anyone, I, I just don't think he's good enough in my opinion. And he needs to go. I know a lot of people get on me sometimes about saying that he's not good enough. We should give him more time, but how much more time does he need? Yeah. Uh, he's supposed to be this elite playmaker on the wing. And I don't understand when he plays for Uruguay, he's phenomenal for them. But when he plays for us, which it, it's going to sound, you know, I'm going to be honest, he's playing against lower competition MLS. It doesn't make sense to me. So, yeah, uh, he needs to go, in my opinion. Yeah, it is very tricky uh, on what's going on with Rodriguez. And just quick, I want to give a shout-out to Kid uh, G123. He's joining us on the live. He said, let's not, just to go back, he's like, let's not forget Mario's on loan as a CB. Yeah, that's one thing, I, you know, I forgot to mention, you know, if that falls through, Blackman could play at CB. I could live with him there. And then another thing he says, we need more production out of Rodriguez. He's obviously not scoring. If he assists more to compensate, then it could be overlooked, but he's not even doing that. True. I, and I think to me, uh, just to look on that, because I, you know, I've been just very critical. And, I, and I've also seen Bob Bradley call him out on press calls, you know, on press right. conferences. And I think him and Bob Bradley's whatever relationship they have, they I don't know how it is now, but at the time of the season, um, I think towards the end of the season was not the, I want to say I don't want to say they had a bad relationship, but I don't think they were right. eye to eye. And no. on top of that, the biggest game in LAFC history in their short three-year career, Brian Rodriguez did not play, and that was he against Tigres. And they almost won that yeah. game. Yeah. They almost won that game, and Brian Rodriguez, what played like two minutes, the last two minutes or whatever, it, he was not even there. So that, that to me is like you 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 don't really need him, and he he he. He, the production he's done and everything that, that, that you've gone at him, one of your LAFC, uh, you kind of have to feel like, dang, you're, you're not really getting your money's worth, right? So you're where not. can we sell him? And I think on the other side of your LAFC, because I think the rumors for Calgary were there prior, were also their last transfer. Yeah. I think they also don't just want to let him just go for free, essentially. And I think that this is where the tricky part is. Um, this is just my assumption. This is my speculation. Mm-hmm. Calgary, I think last time around, weren't offering what LAFC wanted, and LAFC were just one to, to 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 hold on to them. Um, now to this transfer, now I think the question is: Do you, do you want to hold Brian Rodriguez for another season, and him eat up a, a a DP spot, or if whatever Calgary gives you, should you just take so you can use that DP for another for another player? Uh. I, I would take it, take, take, uh, take whatever they're offering because it's gotta be, I'm assuming a little bit more than what we paid for him in the beginning. Um, you know, if, if we lose money on it, then that, that's, you know, that's on our scouting team. And I guess uh, the handling of this player as well, I just don't want to loan him and then have him come back. There's no point in that. Uh, he's already, he, he would essentially be going to a better league and then coming back to a lower league. So I don't understand how that, technically helps us in a way and plus we're losing a dp we're, we're giving away our dp for a half a season or a full season at another club and then he's going to come back so how does that exactly work for us in our favor so i say we just bid him while we can and to the highest bidder uh, i don't care who it is at this point if it's italian league spanish league premier league i doubt it but 
you know, I just want to, I just want to get rid. He's not good enough, in my opinion. Yeah, because I think, I think some of the rumors are that, you know, I think I actually spoke with the, with the, with the reporter that tweeted information out. He said that, you know, it was a loan for, I think, seventy five percent of his rights, or loan was a loan with an option to buy, and if he played at least seventy five percent of the games or started or whatever, then you know that would go into account. But I think that also, you know, say he doesn't play and you know. It's tough, tough competition, whatever. Mm-hmm. The deal, the deal doesn't go through. Then you have to bring him back. And I think you know from the production that you've gotten, him, you know, I think if you're LAFC and you want to get a buyer for what you want, then it makes sense. But I think right. they're also playing the other, and they're just going to be patient and see see what what comes out of it. And I think you know just watching the addition, they're you know they're adding more forwards to the roster and stuff. So let's say let's just play a scenario. If okay. if Brian Rodriguez were to Say that it happens like you're, you're saying that he gets bought, you know, by this mm-hmm. European club, for this for this, you know, just example. What what type of player, forward, midfielder, defender, should they use that DP spot on? hundred uh, percent a striker, uh, in my opinion. Striker first would be the first option, and then second, I would want a creative midfielder, uh, per se, in that eleven. Um, but first should be a striker. And I, I know that Luis Suarez, we talked about earlier, is the pipe dream, but something in that caliber with Rossi, if he's still here, and then Bella on the sides, I mean, that that is probably would be the best front three in the league if you can put that together. And then behind that, you would have Atuesta, Blessing, not Mark Anthony K. I would put um, Sofuentes there instead. Um, and that would be a potent uh, six in field and forwards, in my opinion. That's, that'd be solid right there if you, if you get a striker because I think that's that's where um, I think you you would have to get tricky because sometimes they do play Carlos Vela as a, as a false nine, right? Right. So that's that's where do you really want Vela playing on the wing and running that much, or do you want to you know switch him out from uh, from you know playing false striker to having the option going back and forth? Um, and I think sometimes that's that's where it got tricky. But if you get a, a number nine, you get a solid number nine, then things may work out. I mean, it's a four three three. That that's an off- offensive minded uh, formation there. And I just want to read uh, another uh, a comment that kid says. He said, "No personal knock on Rodriguez. He's a he's an athletically and technically gifted player, but he just hasn't found his niche within the team to have the production we need from." Hey, I'm with that, that. Amen to that. that I think I think that 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 happens to certain players, right? He yeah. may move on and go to Europe and may be this great player. Just just certain players. It happens in all sports that the system or whatever may not may not fit him. They may not align or whatever it is. And I think there's been more than enough time for Brian Rodriguez to show what what he's been capable of, right? And then I think whether if he doesn't feel comfortable comfortable here, I know he's at the like I know he's fast, but when it comes to the field and it comes to the production and it comes to like we won our LAFC won that game because of Brian Rodriguez. It just hasn't happened in the, in the short time he's been here. Right. Uh, that, that happens with footballers all the time. Like Mkhitaryan went to Manchester United. He sucked. Uh, Danny Drinkwater was great at Leicester, won a title, went to Chelsea, didn't work out. Uh, Dembele at Barcelona went from Dortmund to Barcelona, didn't work out. Uh, and then, you know, the, there's examples all the time that, you know, like I just mentioned, and they, they don't, you know, you could be going to a club that, you know, buys you and you have all these aspirations, but when you get there, it's just, it's not per se the players around you, but it's about, you know, yourself. Are you comfortable? Obviously it's been a, a few seasons and 
he, he's obviously not comfortable yet. And it, and I'm not saying, and I'm not trying to bash anything, but we're, we're talking about the MLS level of play. We're not talking about playing in Premier League uh, up here, okay? So there's no reason that a, a caliber player such as him that gets called up to the national team for Uruguay can't produce on an MLS level. So something's not clicking. It's not, it hasn't been clicking. Just been him. That's just end of story. Just been him. Yeah, and I think, and I think we're we'll, we're gonna have to see what happens because, as of right now, we don't we don't even know what ha- what's gonna happen with that with the MLS season. Um, right. Let's 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 talk about the midfield. I know you you mentioned Mark Anthony K. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the four three three, who do you, who do you like in that midfield starting for you? It would be Blessing, Atuesta, and Sefuentes. That's it. That three. I don't want to see Mark Anthony K. in there anymore. Loses the ball every time. He's the most one-footed midfielder I've seen in a while. And I'm not talking good one foot like Messi and Arden Robin. I'm talking bad, like you rely on your foot way too much. He had one good pass in the Tigres game uh, in the final. And I did tweet, oh, you, you, you shut me up, Mark. And then legit, what, 10 minutes later, he lost the ball. He loses the ball too much for me. If you want to progress as a club, he can't start for you. He just can't. If you want to progress as a club, you need a goalie. If you want to progress as a club, you need a good striker. We need three of those things right now. We don't have them. But the midfield would be blessing at Tuesta and Sefuentes. And by the way, Poncho Ganella is pretty much useless. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. He's useless. He's like a headless chicken running around in the field. He doesn't do anything. The only thing he does is got bright yellow cleats on half the time, which is cool. But you, you don't you don't do anything on the pitch, in my opinion. Oh. Another ways. Don't do the opinion. man like that. I think it's his birthday yesterday, just recently. <laughs> <laughs> hey, happy birthday. I hope you got some new Happy birthday, but Janela. <laughs> look, yeah, man, uh, I, look, let me let me just add on to that. Um, Mark Anthony K did not have the best passing throughout the whole CONCACAF. Um, one thing that I did see Bob Bradley have, he did have confidence in um, uh, – and Mark Anthony came because I asked him, I think I asked him about, you know, or someone had asked him about considering starting someone else because of his passing. And Bob Bradley said he, he was going to stick with them. But what you, I think the production that you got out of Mark Anthony came in CONCACAF, you know, I think one of the goals I think against Cruz Azul was because he, he passed it back and it was a bad pass, but that mm-hmm. was all the way consistent. And I think last season was tricky for everybody, but I think the last stretch of those last games, you did not see the best version of Mark Anthony K. And it's, no. it was unfortunate. He had to play. I, I think it was him. Correct me if I'm wrong. He had to play in place of where a Twesta plays. And th- those are big shoes to fill. Um, and, and if you're not used to playing the Twesta role, you know, I think one of the things, if you're not used to it, but one of the things that you have to do, you have to be accurate with your passing. And that's one of those things that Mark Anthony K was not. And mm-hmm. I think he, even though he did have that goal assist to Diego Rossi, yeah, I think that kind of washed everything. But, you know, some of those inconsistencies. And then I think Pancho Ginella, I forgot who, did he come in for Sinfuentes? I don't know who he came in for. See, you can't even remember. You can't even remember because he didn't, he doesn't do anything. He doesn't, if you notice, he, he just runs around. And when he runs, he's not even fast when he runs. He's just, he's just like gliding around. He always seems winded. And I don't, I don't know if it's the movement when he has when he's off the ball or when he has the ball, but he doesn't do anything for me. And that's just another one that's taken up space, in my opinion. I, I hate to be harsh, but I I'm blunt with it and he doesn't do anything for me. Hey man, I know I am man. I appreciate you you being honest. And that's that's what this podcast is about, you know, just give you guys uh, your voice and to say what what you have to say. I think uh on Janela, that second goal or the goal Gignac's goal. He he was jogging. He came in, I think, yes. maybe five, ten minutes. He was a second half sub. So there's 
there's no way he no should have been tired or should have been jogging because I watched the replay and I'm like, how do you jog on a final and you just got subbed in and not trail this man down? Uh, you know, I, I forgot. I think it was Tigres defender Rodriguez. Yeah. It was though. It was there. There, I seen their fans bash that guy. I think it is it Israel uh, Rodriguez. They, they Chaka, post, it was Chaka, Chaka Chaka. Yeah, I seen people bash him all the time, and you let him look like Lionel Messi out there going through everybody. And then you have Poncho running at his top speed, which is one mile an hour. It doesn't really help things. So I, I don't get it. I don't know. The midfield needs a lot of work, in my opinion, as far as depth. But I think the let me push back on that. I think that's where the more they're more deepest at is is is, is the midfield. Um, you know, just Janela. I, I just the way I think he has a, a lot of fans have a bad taste about him because of of watching that replay and knowing he came he was a second half sub and he mm-hmm. did not fully chase this man down um you know i think that's one of those things it's and it, it's tough too because the twister wasn't there right because mm-hmm. of what happened with the troll or whatever so that's oh, tough yeah. but you want mm-hmm. you want those players that are on the bench to be hungry and put the effort and i in that replay in that goal it didn't look like he was putting 100% effort. And I think if you're LAFC and the fans, you, you can't live with that. No, 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 no. Uh, definitely on my uh, <laughs> on my list of players to Ben because he hasn't shown me anything since he's been here. Uh, yeah, Mark Anthony K has constantly declined since he's been here since the first season. I, I used to be one of the biggest MAK fans. Um, he was when he came from Louisville, I was like, okay, this guy's got some uh, potential. And then he became one of my favorites, but then he's just constantly, constantly declined with the passing, the accuracy. And I guess off the bench, it'd be decent. But if you had to fill the roles of Atuesta, I would not be comfortable with that because Atuesta is another one that could be on the way out very soon as well, because he's impressed, uh, you know, clubs uh, along the way and he could be moving to maybe I think there was a rumor a couple months ago I could be wrong about Liga MX maybe or maybe I think Ajax was one of them and the Netherlands uh, I could be wrong but if you I, I didn't see league, it so I, you may you may be right I didn't, I didn't see the the rumor about Atuesta but I wouldn't be surprised though I wouldn't yeah, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised about that and I and I'm with you I think when Mark Anthony K was there he was one of the strongest midfielders that they had I think the first yeah. first two seasons and yeah for whatever reason, this last season, it just hasn't worked with Mark. You know, it hasn't, it hasn't, you know, whatever his passing or whatever, it was never like that. I don't remember Mark Anthony K's passing accuracy being as bad as it was in CONCACAF. You know, he had too, too right. many mistakes that you're not used to seeing him. And, you know, whether it was a lack of confidence or lack of training or whatever it was, you just didn't want to see that in CONCACAF, and unfortunately, you saw those. And kid, right. man, he's, he's dishing out some commentary. He said Janela and his lack of pressure is one of the leading reasons I gave up the second goal in the CCL final. Janela is Horta 2.0. <laughs> hey, you, you know what? They both run the same. They're both slow. They're both useless. So yeah, it could be the uh, 2.0. Uh, so Horta for me is probably the worst DP in LAFC history. Um, uh, Rodriguez doesn't touch Horta as far as being one of the worst DPs, but uh, yeah. yeah, Horta was Horta was tricky because what, what, I don't know what happened there. Oh my god, uh, man! We all got amped up with the little hat reveal thing as we always do, and then once we saw what was on the pitch, oh my god! Yeah, I think it was it was the, pretty bad. The pat the, back. The, I mean, his pass in the Galaxy game. We don't we don't have oh, to go that far it. back. We don't okay, have to go okay. that far back. We okay. we know we know what what we saw from Horta, and then the Mayan <laughs> Buccaneer says he says. 
Mac cracks on important games. Uh, unfortunately, the, the last few games, we did not see the best of Mark Anthony K there. Um, you know, that, that sucks. So moving forward, 2021, now with everything we talked about, you know, what, what do you, what do you want to see from LAFC in 2021? I want to see us win the cup. I want to see us win MLS cup. I'm, you know, my expectations uh, are always high for my, my teams. Like, unfortunately I am an Arsenal fan. So my expectations have been, uh, you know, I've been up here, but they always let me down. So they're way down there. Uh, so LAFC is the one team that I bank for to really, um, you know, go for it. And that's when we lost the CONCACAF Champions League final. Uh, I had that sour taste in my mouth, really bad taste. Like we were so close and the same mistakes keep happening. The zonal marking, uh, not backtracking, poor defending, goalkeeping issues. It's the same mistakes that have been happening for a couple of seasons now. So this season, I don't want to see any zonal marking mistakes. I want to see man marking. I want to see uh, a proper goalkeeper, uh, depending who it is. If it is Cincinnati and he has uh, the confidence, then just, just roll with him. Don't play one two one two. Between, you don't want to go. You, know, you don't want to see the back and forth from the goalkeeper. I don't want to see that because the confidence level is going to go down. If you want to stick with one, stick with one. If you want to get a new one, get a new one. Plain and simple. The midfield, obviously, we talked about and what needs to be addressed. Uh, same thing with the front three. And I want to see LAFC win the MLS Cup. I don't want to be uh, the finalist. I don't want to get knocked out in the semis. I don't want to get knocked out in the first round. Depending how MLS does their little playoff format or whatever they decide to come up with, come up with since we're in the pandemic, um, you know, we just got to – if there's a trophy, I want LAFC's hands on it. And also the excuse that we were in a pandemic, well, I hate to break it to you, but every other team was in a pandemic too. So I don't know what their excuses uh, or our excuses. It's all the same thing. We're all dealing with the same thing. You know, I, I, I'm, that was one thing that kind of irked me, you know, is that when we did criticize the club, they were say, oh, we're in a pandemic. And I was like, yeah, but so, so is every other team and uh, they're winning games. Well, you know, I would we're just playing a blame game. The blame game is that our tactics were bad. Our goalkeeping was bad. We were making the same mistakes every single time. So I want to see. This year, a new LAFC, when I mean by that, is that we go forward and we compete every single game. And I don't want to have any – if we lose a game and we give 100%, then I can't be I can't be mad at that. I can't. I can't. But if I, if I see the same players that we talked about making the same mistakes or they're starting for some weird reason, then the questions have to be asked. Yeah, and I'm trying. I think what what you're saying, I think from a lot of fans, you you will have high expectations from your club, and and I think that's right. You should, and and you should, and you should have those high expectations because this is your club, and on top of that, you this is a team from LA, and I think any team from LA should have had high expectations, and when you don't meet those expectations, the fans, you know, like people yourself, you know, as people in the media, should be able to criticize you, right? Yeah. You know, to to a certain extent, right? Because. Uh, if you're, if you, you know, some of those things, I think it just comes with maturity and clean, clean those things up. And, you know, I, I do try to tell people, Hey, they're still a young team, but there's those certain things that that's the difference right now from LAFC mm-hmm. having an MLS cup being CONCACAF champions and where they're at right now, you know what I'm saying? Right. It, it's the maturity and understanding that, Hey, we need, we need, when it comes to the last 20, last 20 minutes of the game, if we're gassed out, whoever's coming in that sub has to give it 100% their all. You know, and, exactly. and those are things, you know, you have to, I know they're a young team, but you have to have that culture. You have to have uh, as a team that, hey, no matter what, we're going to we're gonna do whatever we can to win this or we're going to do this to, to win. And I, you see it on Carlos Vela. You saw it on Carlos Vela's face 
when they lost to CONCACAF. You, you could tell that's what he really wanted because, one, he's playing the Mexican national teams. You know, he, you know, he wants to prove who he really is and the top yeah. dog, which I think him and Gignac, right? Gignac was able to score. Carlos Vela wasn't, but, I, you know, I would still put uh, Vela up there, um, you know, if not above him, like, you know, right, like 1A, 1B. Um, right. but that, that's one of those things that I think you want to see uh, to me, it's just like maturity. I think you're kind of saying the same things and uh, the kid one, two, three says we need silverware. I want to see if this drought continues and it's going, it's going, it's getting to the point where I might have to start looking at Bradley because we have, to, we, <laughs> we have good to great players slash team. And then uh, the Mayan Buccaneer says, I want to see Kim Moon defending at, after Bader left. I, I left a huge hole in the squad and that, that's another thing that you know i had i've had kevin baxter that you know bader shore i think there were there there was a lot of things last season on the right back position that they didn't they, didn't, they thought i think adrian perez you know uh, was going to be that play that role you know a couple sure. of those tristan blackman but unfortunately yeah. it went the way it did um what, what are your thoughts on uh, what you had to say about bob bradley <laughs> uh, I'm probably going to get in trouble or may, maybe um, um, grilled, but I, I've been actually on Bob Riley's case for a little while now. And I, I, if he, I gave him the benefit of the doubt that he got us to a CONCACAF Champions League final, but he did, if he didn't deliver uh, getting us to the final and he got knocked out against Cruz Azul uh, after we beat Leon, I, I would have asked for him to go. Uh, Plain and simple, my expectations are very high. Uh, I don't care if we're in a pandemic. Every other team is, like I said, uh, I see coaches getting fired and I see coaches getting hired. So if he doesn't deliver anything this season coming up, I, he can go, in my opinion. And people ask me, oh, well, if, if he goes, uh, who are you going to want to hire? Um, there's a coach out there that is willing to take this job. I, I guarantee you that. As far as a name, I can't give you a name yet because things are, are changing every you know, every couple months, there's a, a coach getting fired over here at a big club or even a smaller club. I mean, we could get a South American coach we've never heard of in our life, take over from Bob Riley. Or we might get a big European coach that's been sitting out uh, for a while. You know, I mean, Inter Miami just hired Phil Neville. I mean, I'm not saying he's a big European coach, but he's got some, um, you know, background. And uh, David Beckham got the links with him and whatnot. But there's you can't tell me that there isn't one coach that would want to take over at LAFC in a heartbeat. I mean, you got... First of all, it's LA. It's a it's a big. I'm not, I won't go into that, but uh, it's a, it's a fairly new club in LA uh, LA as well. I mean, it's one of the better clubs in uh, MLS. We have a supporter shield. We got Carlos Vela, who's our main talisman. Hopefully, Diego Rossi's still around. You got a good foundation. You got a good front office. So, who wouldn't want to take this job as the next uh, coach of LAFC? In my opinion, I mean that, that's it. I mean, it's it's an easy job to take. You know, that's that's interesting. No, uh, I'm it's interesting that I, that I hear that from you, and then also Kid. He says, uh, you know, if they don't, if you guys don't get silverware this this season, that you're gonna have to look at Bob Bradley. And I think as fans, you you guys have every right to say that, and, and you voice your opinion. And that's that's why I like you guys being honest because I think if LAFC wants to be, you know, one of the big clubs, not just among us, but all all over the world, you will have to not only win, but you also got to right. dominate your league they've dominated you know games within LA Galaxy at times and at times they haven't but I think you have to dominate your, your league and you got to get that silverware and if that doesn't happen um to your point and kids point that you maybe start looking somewhere else and I and I don't I don't know how open the organization may or may not be into that I guess you have to see how this season goes right anything can happen there's a lot there's been a lot of changes 
happening. And we've also seen Bob Bradley get the best of his, uh, you know, players, BWP. Right. Uh, but, but it also comes down to the final product and the final product is trophies and championships. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I think, I, don't, I think, uh, you know, uh, the supporter shield is not going to satisfy, you know, man, do you, I think that the biggest one is the MLS cup. I think right. we know that they know that everybody else knows that. So I think you start, uh, you, you start seeing the plan in place one step at a time. And then I think these are the players that they're going with. Um, we'll have to see what other additions are added on. And we also got to see, uh, I should have checked in on Mario. As far as I know, Mario is still in the 2021 plans for LAFC. That's, that's what they've said. Um, what are your thoughts if he doesn't come back? Uh, wait, for, for which one against you? Jesus Mario. Um, you know, it, as, it, as, it as of right now, the- they're still pursuing them. Let me just give some backstory. I think that's a loan option to buy. I think it's a million dollars. They have to buy. That was the contract, which I read. So about a million dollars that they have to pay for him. Well, it, he provided some great support in the back. So, I, I mean, that should be actually a priority to keep him because the partnership with Seguda, uh, I thought, was was great because Seguda is more of that calm ball playing center back and then you got Mario who's the bruiser and I thought that worked out throughout the whole CONCACAF Champions League um, games as well and we don't have another center back that can slide in next to Segura in my opinion Djakovic provided actually some sparks in the beginning of the MLS season and he, he had some bright spots but Djakovic is Djakovic at the end of the day and he's not the answer if we want to progress uh, going forward yeah well, man, I think that's 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 some great information there, man. I appreciate I appreciate everything you had to say, had to say. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we log off, we log off? Uh, I just want to say thanks, Gio, for reaching out to me. I really appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, speaking to you on LAFC topics and uh, everything else. Um, and uh, yeah, to everyone that listens uh, to Gio, give him a follow. Uh, and also make sure to tune every time he does a podcast. He's got some great insight, always has great guests. Um, and yeah, man, thank you. Thank you once again. And uh, hey man, I appreciate that. And um, for the people listening, listen, let them know where they can follow you at. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So my Twitter account right now is uh, at we are LAFC live. Uh, that's my, that's uh, my main source of social media. I do have a uh, Instagram account as well. At we are LAFC live as well, but mainly the Twitter account. That's where you can find me. I'm always on there. Guys, if you guys enjoyed this episode, make sure to give this a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can also listen to this podcast wherever you get your music, Spotify, wherever. Make sure to give me a follow on Twitter at Gio Garcia LA, and also follow us on Instagram at LA Soccer Hub and also on Facebook. For Garrett, a.k.a. LAFC Live, this is Gio. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.